0: Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the North Pole, a weekly election podcast from the North about the North. My name is Jen Williams and I'm the political editor at the Manchester Evening News and I'm joined by some sharp political brains who will be helping me cheer over how the election could shape this region and vice versa. On this week's episode we have Andrew Russell, Professor of Politics at Liverpool University. Hello. Hello. Jerry Scott, political editor at the Yorkshire Post, down the line from Westminster that's just in the process of winding up. Hello. Hello. And Liam Thorpe, political editor at the Liverpool Echo. Hello. Welcome to all of you, and thanks for being here as we stare down the barrel of an intense few weeks. So I just wanted to start by talking about why it is that the North looks set to be such a a major focus in this election, and whether we think Boris Johnson is right to put Northern seats at the front and centre of his strategy. Here he is back in July, outlining his pitch to the North during a speech in Manchester.
1: The centre of Manchester, uh, like the centre of London, is a wonder of the world. But just a few miles away from here, the story is very different. Towns with famous names, proud histories, fine civic buildings. Unfortunately, the stereotypical story is over the last few decades of long-term decline. Endemic health problems, generational unemployment, downhill areas. And the story has been uh, for young people growing up there of uh, hopelessness or or the hope that uh, one day they'll get out and never come back. And insofar as that story is true, and I'm afraid it sometimes is, the crucial point is it isn't really the fault of the places, and certainly isn't the fault of the people growing up there.
2: They haven't failed.
0: So Andrew, I very much get the sense that he was parking his tanks on Labour's northern lawn during that speech. But do you think that's a sensible approach? And, and where do you think the pitfalls in it might be?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, the place to start is just the, just, just the outright electoral maths. I mean, so you, you have, a, you have a, a minority government right now that's probably... That seems to have given up on the th- on at least twelve of the thirteen Scottish seats. So, it, it, so just in order to kind of stand still, they need to make they need to make inroads into enemy territory. And and I think they've identified. I think the Conservatives have identified that they think there's a kind of there's a kind of soft underbelly to a, to to uh, uh, some of the Labour heartlands in the north. But and specifically the areas outside the town. So I think it's you know. We've been here before. They've they've often prioritised the north. You know, David Cameron talked about you know rejuvenation in Manchester and Newcastle being a kind of acid test of his leadership. Well, if it was a test of any any sort, they failed that uh, pretty dramatically. And, but what I think what, what what I think we're seeing now is a, is an attempt to just sort of say, well, actually, the north isn't this monolithic unit. There are actually bits of the north, bits of the north have, that have distinct uh, voting patterns that could be that could be the result of you know quite. Small regional autonomous cultures, like tiny regional identities, that being from Morley might be very, very different from being from Leeds, despite the fact that you are treated, you know, to all intents and purposes, being in Bolton, Bury, Oldham, Rochdale might not be the same as being in Manchester, and and they might have been encouraged in this thinking, but uh, in, in a number of ways. If you if you look at the referendum results from from 2016, for instance, looking in greater Manchester, you'll see that you know Manchester itself voted to remain you know stockport voted to remain but all the other boroughs voted to leave you know, similarly if you look at liverpool in the liverpool city remain city but if you look at, if, if if you look broader you know broader afield you know that the, the, there are you know very large pockets of leave uh, and they will have thought, you know, there there is a bit of it, and mean, we'll, we'll get to talk about Brexit Party in a minute. But there is this kind of fantasy that, the, you know, that, that that there's a there's a there's a Northern Leave territory which uh, uh, which which Labour might neglect, and maybe the Conservatives could pick up on.
0: Yeah, it's much more complicated than that, isn't it? Think, I mean, Jerry, you've got a lot of these seats that clearly Boris Johnson is interested in in Yorkshire, I and mean, he's been to uh, he did his uh, uh, launch in Morley, didn't he, a few weeks ago? He did his he's been out about Doncaster. He's done. Right The room. I mean, how do you see the election shaping up up in Yorkshire? And um, uh, uh, and equally, I guess, how is Jeremy Corbyn like to go likely to go down in some of those places?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing in Yorkshire is there's this massive clutch of marginal seats. If you look down the list, um, for seats that are currently Labour, you've got places like Keighley. You've got places like Greatfield and Dewsbury, where, you know, the majority isn't that big. In, in Keighley with John Grogan, he's only got a 239 majority. So you, you can see why those are the seats that the Tories think that they might be able to swipe off of Labour. You've then got places like Sheffield Hallam with Jared Amaro, where who knows what on earth is going to happen. Um, and you've also got Angela Smith as well, who's um, gone to Lib Dems from Labour, which puts it even more up in the air. Um, And I think this is why the North as a whole, and for me, Yorkshire in particular, is going to be a key battleground in this election, because there's just so much up for grabs. And votes have been fragmented so much. You know, if if traditionally we look at um, divisions being over Labour and Tories, you then have the Brexit split. And then when you have parties like the Brexit party which as you say we're going to get onto and the Lib Dems coming in it just fragments it further and it makes it really interesting background
0: it's also what makes it so unpredictable, isn't it? Not just across the north, but nationally as well. Mm-hmm. So I think, Liam, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm right in saying that um, Boris Johnson doesn't necessarily uh, go down particularly well in Liverpool, to say the least, but um, I'm sure there'll be places on Merseyside where his strategy could have some kind of effect. How, how do you see things kind of working through?
2: Yeah, so I mean, it's it's um, sort of interesting some of the things mentioned earlier about this kind of not seeing all parts of the north as the same, and that's certainly the same in, in Merseyside as well. I think there's a lot of this very kind of distinct towns and boroughs outside of liverpool that identify very differently from the city of liverpool some of them perhaps a bit unhappy with always being lumped in with the major city um i think i don't think we'll be seeing boris johnson in liverpool on the campaign trail um there's absolutely no chance of of anything other than um you know five returned labour seats as far as i'm concerned um even on even with some of the, the issues that the party have faced I think someone said you could uh, you could put a cow in a red rosette in Liverpool and, and you'd definitely get elected. Where we're really interested in terms of how the what might sort of swing parts of the election is is in other areas um, like Wirral, for example. Mm. Um, in Wirral West, it has is, is swung quite regularly between Labour and Tories. At the last election, a lot of us were wrongly predicting that, that the Tories would probably take it back. There was something like an 800-vote majority at the time. Um, as it happens, Margaret Greenwood sort of, Created quite a surprise. One of those seats that benefited very much from the Corbyn bounce, and she got about four thousand majority. Alison McGovern in World South has also uh, that seat has also swung before. She's got a more comfortable sort of ten thousand majority. I think she should be fine, but World West is, is is definitely in play. Southport um, is a kind of anomaly. We have this one Tory MP in a in a sea of of red. Um, so it'd be really interesting to see if if. Damien Moore can, can stay there. I think the Lib Dems will, will really fancy a, a shot there. They've they've you know, John Pugh was MP there for four terms in a row. Um but then Labour are also in play there as well. So that's one of those rare three way marginals, which is is really fascinating. I think they're becoming less
0: rare, probably aren't Yeah, they? probably it's becoming less rare yeah. now. In this election
2: we'll probably yeah. start to see them more and more. Um and then and then, you know, in and then areas like um like St. Helens, which I I don't think We'll see much of a too much of a Tory bounce. Well, it really depends on what the Brexit party do. I think St. Helens voted 58% to leave. There are more and more people becoming disenfranchised with with Labour's approach. Uh, so I think we'll, depending on how it goes, um, I, I think we'll see the Brexit party probably eating into Labour's share. I mean, in, South, in St. Helens South, Mary Room has got about a 68% majority. So it'll take a lot, mm. but I, I certainly think we'll see that hugely decrease if, mm. with the Brexit party candidate. So I, I do think Brexit is going to play a big part in those outlying areas. Um, and I think, as you say, what you guys are saying, we'll come on to talk about it more about the sort of the towns and the identities of these towns. Mm. They will be targeted and they will be sort of, the message from the Tories will be to them, you know, that we're going to we're gonna look after you and we're going to get Brexit done, I guess. Um, what I think a lot of people sort of in, in Merseyside are trying to get the message out in in sort of Labour values is a lot of these places that have been hard done by is because of 10 years of austerity, and it's not because of being part of the European Union, that will be Labour's message, it will be because, and, and, you know, public services, the NHS, all that sort of thing the more Labour can make this election less about Brexit and more about austerity, in, even in those areas in Merseyside, the, then the better they'll do.
0: Yeah, I think this is probably a kind of similar, maybe not exactly a similar geographic dynamic in Merseyside, but to Greater Manchester where, you know, you've got this hardcore uh, of, of, of L- uh, Labour voting areas at the centre. Similarly, it's very unlikely, I think, that we'll... Um certainly four out of the five Labour seats in Manchester will, will, will come back Labour again. I think there might be a bit of a fight in Withington, but perhaps we'll yeah, talk yeah. to talk about that. Because I think although Jeff Smith has got a very big majority, it's potentially a fairly soft majority, and I think Lib Dems will be fighting that very, very hard. I'm not saying that it's necessarily going to go, but um but you know, beyond beyond that, as Andrew said, um you've got the city of Manchester, the voted remain, you've got the southern boroughs on the Cheshire border, uh, outside of Manchester to the south that voted to remain. And then you've got all these old uh, post-industrial mill towns um, gathered around the the west and the north and the east of the city. Um, And I think um, you know, previously what David Cameron had done in 2015 was perhaps talk about Manchester, talk up Manchester in the hopes that, you know, he never realistically expected that he was going to win any Manchester seats, but it might be enough to speak to voters in places like Bolton-Berry. Um, who do get the train into Manchester, might work in Manchester, do, do 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 kind of, to some extent, identify with Manchester. This time round, you know, the targeting is going to be directly at places like Bolton and places like Bury that voted to leave, that feel that, that that they've kind of had the rough end of the stick over the last 10, 20, 30, even 40 years, um, which obviously leads us quite nicely onto, uh, onto the whole kind of uh, agenda around uh, towns. Um, we've obviously seen... What was it, uh, last week we had this uh, report from uh, a Tory think tank talking about Workington Man, um, (laughs) which I'll kind of say (laughs) through gritted teeth, uh, cue lots and lots and lots of dispatches and vox pops about (laughs) Workington Man. Um, We sent
2: someone to uh, to Witness to find Witness Lad. You did? Yeah.
0: How did that go? Uh, He's going today actually. I said come back
2: and find me Witness Lad. Uh, he's, I've not heard from him so I'm wondering if he might have got battered
0: yeah <laughs> we'll find out next week won't we about yeah. what happened with uh, what happened with witness Van but I, I think I mean you know a lot of these a lot of these towns are in our our areas. Um, I think it's a bit of a, it's a slight misnomer to suggest that every town that is going to need to be spoken to by politicians is in the north. I think that's a kind of a bit of an exaggeration. But Jerry, I mean, obviously you've, you, during these various outings that Boris Johnson's already had to Yorkshire, you've seen him go out in, we've seen him out in Doncaster, haven't we? We've seen him yeah. out in Morley, and I think he got shouted at, at on both occasions there. But is that <laughs> is that kind of, those, those kind of TV clips of him being shouted at in a fish market, or whatever is that a kind of accurate representation do you think it um of of how he might be received there and and do you think that the kind of this town's agenda thing is is potentially going to work for him in yorkshire
3: so i think on the whole actually it probably is quite an accurate representation because you know there's this there's this perception that if you know again i know we're going to come on to the Brexit party but if the vote is split that that people could be tempted away from Labour to the Tories. I don't think that's going to happen. I think actually what will happen is they just won't vote. And, you know, that will hurt Labour. But I don't think it's going to benefit the Tories. because I just don't think a lot of people can bring themselves, not only to vote conservative, but to vote to Boris Johnson. And Labour are fighting back, too. If you look in places like Don Valley, where you've got Caroline Flynn, she has really got a lot of support behind her because of her because of her position on Brexit, because she wants to vote for a deal, because she wants to get it through. Um, so I don't think they've got kind of the right ground that they think they're going to have. Um, and there is this massive focus on towns, and I think it's right because all over the country, like you say, not just in the north, when money is pumped in, it tends to go to cities. However, you know you look at the toy towns fund and things like that and how that money isn't coming through people aren't stupid they they know when they're being done over
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I, I don't know if you want to come in on that, Andrew, because one of the things that strikes me about this towns thing is that there's a very much kind of, as, as much as every politician at the moment is talking about unifying messages and we need to bring the country back together and blah, blah, blah. But actually every politician at the moment is going down this um, divide and rule route. So we've got Leave versus Remain, we've got Jeremy Corbyn talking a lot about kind of in class war language, and now we've got almost kind of like a towns versus cities thing uh, going
1: uh, on. Absolutely. I, I think that, that, I mean... <sighs> it's really interesting that we start this off by talking about Workington uh, Workington man and I, I mean I, I really hate those kind of advertising tropes if you like because they but but it shows how elections folk uh, how elections are, are, are run where you segment the electorate you you just try and you know Worcester woman Monday Mondeo man whatever they are those people don't really exist right but there's somehow there's kind of you know uh uh, um, uh, uh, すim- uh, uh, uh ins- symptomatic of a of a broader range of people the type of tar- you know so you get these pres- precision bombing of this kind of really narrow targets mm-hmm. and somehow you can when it comes to the towns versus cities and i think that is the the case. it's towns versus mm-hmm. cities right I, th- I think that the, the rhetoric there is to try and segment, a kind of saying, well, you know, if you, if you if you treat the north as a whole, you know, north versus south, it's it, 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 there's a, there's a big distinction that you know that being in in Cumbria or the northeast or in Lancashire, Chorley, Blackburn, Bar- uh, Burnley, you're you're you you might be as far from the city to which you are normally lumped in as you as you are to London, and actually it's about it's about prov- it's about bringing out some of those divisions. As you say, when you look at labour; it's very much a kind of anti-establishment line, you know, kind of elites versus mass. And actually, you know, politics in 2019 is is incredibly divisive, is incredibly polarised. And I think this is just a another example of that. Now, that's not to say that there aren't real divisions in the way that life is organised in the, in in those areas. And if you're in if you're in parts of the northeast, you know, your life has been changed pretty dramatically over the last over the last five ten years. But actually, what we're seeing is almost a kind of old fashioned. Old-fashioned kind of rejuvenation of politics that people will think about. Yeah, yeah, will, will think about those local identities as being really micro in, in in some senses. What's really interesting this time around is how this plays out politically, because you might say, okay, well, you know, the, the Tories parking their the, parking their tanks on the on the lawns of Labour in the in the northern heartlands for Labour, you know, isn't isn't going to be very fruitful for them. But we just don't know how multi. know, last election we we perhaps overdid the rejuvenation of two party politics. We might be now overdoing the rejuvenation of multi party politics. But we just don't know how those, you know, how those, how those, uh, uh, how the the, how Brexit will have fragmented and then be expressed in voting behaviour for for normal. So I, I spoke to an MP from from a northern town. Uh, uh, from a author town the other day, and he was saying that as a Conservative MP, he was really hopeful that Brexit would stand against him. Right? Because because a, a Brexit party candidate in his constituency, he thinks, damages his vote, but damages Labour's vote enough to stop Labour winning. Right, so so he thinks that he can win on a reduced uh, on a on a, on a reduced uh, uh, a share of the vote in his constituency because because of the interference of having a viable Brexit uh, Brexit party candidate. Similarly, if you look at the the Lib Dem rejuvenation and how the Lib Dems might split the Remain vote, the Remain alliance. You know, you could look in very many seats where you could see, well, a rejuvenated Lib Dem vote might be enough to stop Labour winning in places where Labour are
2: currently sitting as MPs. I think the Brexit Party, by their very nature, are such an unknown quantity in this election, aren't they? Mm-hmm. You know, not just uh, not just in terms of the, the background, but, 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 but the character. But that
1: simplistic view that, you know, you know that, that they will. T- I mean, I. You know, I, I think we we've also overdone the the, the fact that you know that that the, the remain that uh, Labour MPs uh, in Leave areas might be overstating how much of their own support you know uh, fa- 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 favours Leave. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, but 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 we just but but it's also it, it's also not the case that the Brexit Party is only going to take votes from the Conservatives and it's not just it's not just the case that a rejuvenated Lib Dems will only harm uh, will only will, will, you know will only harm Labour. You know, it, it, it will work in ways that we can't actually predict right now. I
0: think um, I think you were talking about the identities and smaller identities of towns. I think. That dynamic very much came out in the local and European election six months ago. And obviously, you know, the most recent poll we have of the British public is uh, unless you count opinion polls which at the moment you know we could maybe do an entire episode on those um is the European local elections 6 months 6 months or so ago and you saw that fragmentation um you saw that um I wrote a piece on it at the time about a very micro level you had these little independent parties that were springing up that were tapping into the frustrations with places that Felt not only that they had been neglected, but also that their identity was under threat, which of course is kind of fits into the kind of wider context of of Brexit. So you know, you In talk Farmers about and you're far, first. yeah, exactly, yeah. Farnworth. You know, yeah. far, Farmouth and Kersley first. We're talking about wanting uh, exit from Bolton, never <laughs> Frexit, mind from the it, EU. Brexit and, <laughs> and Kexit, yeah, exactly. So I mean, you kind of joke about it, but it's kind of like there is something within that dynamic that is going on here, which has been unleashed over the last three years or so. And then you see that vote fragmenting all over the place in the Europeans and locals. What you don't know is how that plays out seat by seat. And it's going to hugely depend, isn't it, on on, on the mass in every individual area, perhaps how the sitting MP has behaved over the last three years around Brexit and any
2: number of other factors. Well, we've got a fascinating seat in, in Birkenhead because obviously Frank of Field of, of you know four decades as a, as a Labour MP in the area uh, quit last year and has now launched the his own Birkenhead Social Justice Party. And in terms of name recognition, it doesn't get much bigger than than Frank Field. And he, you know he's a he's a maverick. He has been a divisive figure, but there are he has a heck of a lot of local support. And I've had people saying to me, "Oh, well, you know, Labour, will, Labour will absolutely storm it again." But I, I'm keeping a very close eye on it because there's a there's a we've been around Birkenhead and there is a strong feeling around sort of the vote the Leave vote being ignored. Frank has has led on the leave vote for a long time, um, even before you know many others sort of joined the party. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got this very sort of solid local following in terms of the work he's done on benefits and all those sorts of things as chair. Of do the you Prime think
0: Do you think he's one of these examples of somewhere where the personal vote isn't a myth? Because I think personal votes tend to be overstated, don't they? But Normally
2: they are overstated. Yeah. I, my from all my dealings and knowledge of Frank Field, I would I would hesitate to overstate his personal following. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, mean I, th- I think. I mean, in the in it's the, still it's in,
1: unlikely. Well, in yeah. the, the run up to twenty ten, I mean it just as a, note, a caution. In the, the run up to twenty ten, I must have spoken to twenty individual Lib Dem MPs who told me that the party was heading for disaster, but they'd be okay. And you know, well, if you'll all be okay, then the party's not heading for disaster. You can't right? all be okay, yeah. and of course, none of them were okay. <laughs> they were, they were, they're all swept yeah, up. Yeah. But I think, I think Frank Field is very interesting. Um, I think Ivan Lewis in Barry South is mm, very interesting because yep. he's yeah. standing, <laughs> you, you know, uh, uh, and we just. We, you know, it, we just don't know how big that Jewish block of voting in his constituency is, uh, in in terms of the wider labor, in quite a, the, the wider labor support. The vote in Barry South held up for the uh, held up for Labor much better in 2017 than I thought it was going to, and I think possibly his candidacy may have may have been influential there. The fact that he's now, it's it's not just that he's not being the Labor Labor candidate next time, and he's standing as an independent against Labor. You know, you know. It doesn't take a great deal of interference to see that that you know the 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 fragmentation fragmentation of that type of the vote could let in a third party. Yeah. yeah. Oh and, yeah, and completely.
0: I think Barry South, you've got obviously you've got the unknown quantity that um, that is you know what will how will Jewish people feel about this, you know what 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 is their answer because just because you don't want to vote for Jeremy Corbyn does not necessarily mean that you want to vote for Boris Johnson either. Um, and, and yet, you know, I remember running into Labour canvassers uh, in uh, Presswich the day before the 2017 election and asking them how it was going. And of course, Ivan Lewis was returned with a healthy majority, but they were absolutely panicking about Radcliffe. And Radcliffe is, you know, arguably falls into the left behind town bracket. Mm. You know, that narrative, I mean, it's literally cut off by a road. People are not happy they returned their, their, uh, an independent Radcliffe first candidate in the local elections six months ago. So that's not particularly helpful for Labour either. So you throw all of these different things into the mix, it becomes impossible, really. But it is going to be fascinating.
2: Absolutely fascinating.
0: Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the Brexit party before. Um We are recording the day after Nigel Farage uh, announced his 600-odd candidates uh, who will be standing uh, in this uh, election this time round. Let's have a listen to some of what he was saying yesterday and about how he thinks he's a bigger threat to Labour than he is to the Tories.
4: And the missing ingredient of this whole debate is the extent to which traditional working Labour voters patriotic to their fingertips, who voted Brexit, believing with all their heart and soul it was the right thing to do, and doing so in parts of the country, in Wales, the Midlands, the north of England, in the most extraordinary numbers, and in nearly every case now represented by a Remainer Labour MP. What Westminster doesn't seem to comprehend, what the commentators haven't latched onto, is those 5 million are the most vulnerable group of voters to the Brexit party in this country. And I will be, from tomorrow, from tomorrow, I'll be out in those Labour constituencies. I'll be there.
0: So, Andrew, is there any truth to what he's saying? Uh, You touched on this earlier on, about him being a bigger threat to Labour.
1: I mean, it it strikes me as really interesting that... that of, of that list of Brexit Party candidates, there's an obvious name missing, and that's him. Yeah. And, and if he hasn't got the confidence to be a candidate himself, he's then being
2: brave, though, Andrew, did you he not hear? Yeah, of course he, he's being brave. Of course he's
1: being brave. Yes, but I'm uh, um, so courageous as the civil service would say. Uh, um, but 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 it does strike me, and you know uh, that, that that maybe the you know what he doesn't want to do is arm arm his opponents that point out all the times he stood for parliament and failed by mm. by, by giving a you know so so I think. The Brexit party is the epitome. I mean, ironically, it's almost like a European party, and a, a European list party named after an individual, right? Yeah. The, you know, the, the Nigel Farage list, right? And you can see how in a European uh, uh, European parliament election, uh, um done on pr uh, done done through proportional representation although a pretty ropey system uh, uh, of pr on a re- on huge regional seats you can see how you can you can get mm. that recognition and that's that's how you can bring in and it doesn't vote. matter who's listed you, below you have a national yeah. infrastructure but basically the, you know f- the, the Farage does all of the heavy lifting for you on that right you simply can't run a general election campaign like that and, and spreading themselves out on you know 600 seats you know j- just means that it just means that they're going to lose an awful lot of deposits and remember that unlike the other parties they're they they're they're a, they're a private company you know so so you know it actually commercially might not be uh, uh, very good for them um um so uh, uh but it's not about winning seats it's about leverage now the leverage they've already had on the Conservative party and the leverage they might have by taking you know the the Personally, I, I tend to think that the the, the whole uh, um, labour, you know, labour voters turning to turning towards to, to, towards leave and and, and 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 Brexit is 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 often overdone. Um, but the but the rhetoric is quite clear that the Brexit Party could appeal to labour to to, to labour voters in relatively safe seats, who are sympathetic towards leave or or think that. In the three years since, not enough's been done to sort out uh, uh, Britain's uh, uh, Britain's leaving the EU. Would never vote Tory in a million years because in their bones they're inherently Labour. You know, St Helens is a good yeah, example. might of that. might drift into non-voting or you know, and, mm. or, or out of politics completely. You know, could be you know, you know, may have flirted with UKIP or or maybe even the BNP at times, right? Uh, uh, and but the Brexit Brexit Party could you know represent a a threat to a portion of the Labour vote in, in you know in, in 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 many areas of the North, uh, and that then might might mean because we don't know how the other party support is going to break the you know, multi-party you know multi-party contests might just mean that you know that we get you know uh, uh 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 unanticipated results as a consequence and i could see i could see lots of seats being retained
2: or maybe even one on uh, uh reduced yes, shares yes. Of like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think we're, I mean, he's already running into trouble with the reading today that he's he's losing you know candidates thick and fast this, this thing, if they want to get this sorted, the Tories, they, they need to get in a room together and sort it out, because as it, as it stands, it, it's coming across as a bit of a mess. And I think what I'll be really interested to see is what the turnout is like. But, the but if,
1: if they really believe that they pose a threat to more of a threat to labor than they do to the conservatives then a formal pact for the tories actually runs a counter to that right yeah. it's, it it's a bit like you know if if there was this, this kind of utopian um uh, um deal between the uh, uh, the Remain alliance which, which included labor and the lib dems well, that's just toxic in places where the where where the lib dems would be trying to make a, a headway in the south of england against the tories right so 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 I but mean, if, but I, if this I, is a, it,
2: if this is a brexit election which a lot of them are, are, are sort of framing it that way then it, it surely is going to impact the Tories more. It surely is, you know, th- th- this idea that I mean, Labour are doing everything they can to to make it not about Brexit, putting the other, these other ideas forward. If you're getting someone who's who's in a, in in a place like. Um, where it's a, perhaps a Tory marginal, it, isn't it just going to eat into those those Tory votes? That, that the, the idea that Boris Johnson didn't deliver Brexit, so I'm naturally yeah. going to go for the Brexit vote. Well,
1: and, and the line that the Boris Johnson's deal is not Brexit. I, mean, yeah, you know, felt, I yeah, mean, exactly. I mean, by and large, there have been plenty of people who have been telling us over the years that people knew exactly what they were voting for, <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, uh, yeah if, if they voted Leave. or well, we've got the two sides of Leaves disagreeing on whether the Leave agreement is actually Leave or not, right? Now. Which is so, working out pretty well for uh, Labour at the
2: moment. Yeah. I would
0: say. I, I think. I mean, we. My closest kind of gauge for whether or not Nigel Farage could come into Greater Manchester and, um, you know, have any kind of success. And obviously, there's there's been a, a lot of water under the bridge since then. But, you know, he UKIP did very nearly win Hayward in the 2014 yep. by-election. And I think that Um, you know, perhaps the comparator is a bit um, better with that 2014 by-election than it is if you compare to the 2017 general election because there was a kind of similar anger going up and UKIP were on the uptick and so on and so forth. So I think for me, you know, somewhere like Hayward, maybe I'm not saying that Nigel Farage can win that, but that there could be a a significantly disruptive effect there. But if you go down the road to what UKIP tried to do in and West not long afterwards, you know, big BME population there, You know, I also think that there's a question about who's your candidate, you know.
2: There'll be a lot of questions about that. Well, there will be a lot lot of questions
0: about that. And again, you weren't particularly successful uh, in in Withenshaw when they stood in the by-election there either. So, um, you know, I think think it, it probably can be overplayed, this idea that he can just come in and kind of sweep up Labour seats. But as you say, on the other hand, you know, look how much impact they have had on the political landscape with, political landscape without actually winning any MPs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah. the general election,
2: general election is going to be very different, as you say. I mean, I think the, you're right to mention the, the Hayward by-election, but there's something about a by-election. There's obviously people yeah, very definitely, don't completely. they? Yeah, I think, completely. I think when it's so... What you were saying then, Andrew, I think St Helens would be a really good example. I think Marie Rimmer, for example, will come back with a, a, a much reduced vote share, but she will retain a seat. And I think that might be the story of some of these Labour seats. People are much much more likely to vote for the Brexit party than the Tories. In those in those areas, because they just can't bring themselves to vote Tory, so Labour Labour in many of these places will will stay with reduced reduced majority. Doesn't
0: Jerry? I'm guessing you're going to be seeing quite a lot of Nigel Farage as well, just just as you'll be seeing a lot of Boris Johnson, Jeremy Corbyn, um, and we'll, we'll come on to the Lib Dems in, the, in a future episode because I don't want to be accused of leaving those out. Mm-hmm. But um, but I mean, I presume you're going to be expecting to see a fair bit of him. I've, I remember UKIP used to quite regularly hold their conferences in Doncaster. I think I'm right in saying is that right.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think the interesting thing actually that's going to happen is just the pure presence of these Brexit Party candidates and how, how that's going to cause other candidates to act, how that's going to kind of alter their message, what they're going to say to kind of counter that. Um, you know, I mean, if you look at seats like York Outer, for example, I could really see a Remain second referendum kind of alliance forming there, you know, it's a constituency which voted 55% to Remain to kind of unite behind that vote. Um, But I do think, you know, we're talking about these candidates and who they are. And the Brexit party has really tried to move away from the old UKIP problem of having candidates mm. who have a colourful past. Mm. Um, and How's that up, you know, uh, Yeah, One, one well of them, it, one it, one it, of them well just well resigned after being
2: said she came from a star, so it's not a Yeah, that was, that
3: yeah exactly. That was in the Yorkshire Post earlier yeah. this week. Um, <laughs> so, big up. Um, big up. Big up, big <laughs> up. Representing. <laughs> but, you know, the problem The problem there is I actually spoke to Tracy Braben this morning, who is the Labour MP in, in, in Bally and Spend, which mm. is, you know, the constituency where we all know Joe Cox lost yeah. her life. And, mm. She's she's actually quite disappointed that Jill Hughes, the Brexit Party PCC there, is pulled out because of this um far off star claim. Um
4: I am but she said
3: because she was really keen to kind of expose that they didn't have anything past Brexit, mm-hmm. she wanted to take to kind of take her on. So I think it also does present an opportunity for these sitting MPs, whether they're Tory or Labour, to. Kind of blow them out of the water um, if there's if there's not got anything to fall back on apart from this isn't really Brexit we need to get out.
0: Mm. I, I, we will as i say we'll come back to um to the lib dems in a future episode and also to talk a bit more about uh remain leaning areas as well in the north because there's this tendency isn't there as we said earlier on uh to assume that every single person uh north of Crewe or ever voted to leave the eu and it's simply <laughs> not true but that's all we've got time for for this week thank you very much to everybody for joining us thanks angie thanks liam thanks jerry for joining me to everyone who's tuned in to our first episode we'll be back next week uh where more or less anything could happened in the meantime and until then happy electioning